Welcome to episode 323 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Wine, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine if it's that time and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get my favorite electrolytes for free plus special announcement, Element's new chocolate medley is here. So when you think electrolytes, you might think summer and hot times and needing to stay hydrated. But did you know that hydration is actually super important in cold weather as well? There's an idea out there that cold weather reduces our hydration needs. That's not true. So in the cold, two main things can actually increase our metabolic rate. You may be working harder, tramping through the snow, and you can be wearing cumbersome winter clothing that can actually raise your energy needs by 10 to 20%. And as your metabolic rate raises, your sweat rate raises, and you need to replace those fluids with electrolytes. You also lose more water when it's cold through your breath. That's because cold temperatures contain significantly less water than hot temperatures, AKA it's drier outside. When you breathe in that cold, dry air, your respiratory system actually acts like a humidifier so that your body can be warm and humid like it likes to be. Of course, that drains your hydration reserves as well. One study actually found that respiratory water loss after a full day of activity nearly doubled at freezing temperatures compared to the 70s. On top of that, when you're cold, you actually become less thirsty, possibly from blood vessel constrictions in the cold, which can trick the body into thinking the blood volume is higher than it is. In other words, it's cold out there. You probably need hydration and electrolytes are so key for all of these cellular processes in your body, all of your energy production. It all requires electrolytes, but it can be hard to find electrolytes, which are clean, without unnecessary fillers, and which you can feel good about drinking. That's why I love Element. There's a reason I'm obsessed with it. There's a reason all you guys are as well. And like I said, I'm so excited because Element's new chocolate medley is here featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. And this is a limited time, so you definitely want to stock up on these now. Plus, you can get a free gift with purchase when you purchase that chocolate medley or other Element electrolytes. That's right. You can get a free sample pack, eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. That's drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. By the way, those chocolates in that chocolate medley make delicious hot chocolates. And of course, as always, Element has a no questions asked refund, so you have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash podcast to get your free electrolytes.
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumer consumers from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 323 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Vanessa Spina. Hi, everyone. How are you today, Vanessa? Oh, I'm doing amazing. Feeling great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I have a new contraption in my life I'm a little bit obsessed with. Oh, really? I want to know. So I am – okay, you are a gym goer, correct? Usually, but since having Luca, I work out at home. Okay. Before Luca, like did you do like cardio, weights? A kind of a mix of both, like depending on what I was working on at the time. But 
I also like to just do stuff in nature as much as possible. So like walking, it's my time to like listen to podcasts, walking in nature, walking in the forest, hiking. And we do a lot of that in Prague, just like lots of outdoor activity and and stuff. What about you? Oh, wait, rapid fire question. Sorry. In Prague, in the outdoors, what animals do you have? Are there bears? It's like the cutest question. I need to know. <laughs> I don't know if there's bears. I think like the wildest thing that you would come across in the forest would be like a boar. Oh, aren't those really like intense? Yeah. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would be like deep enough in the forest to encounter a boar. <laughs> Probably like mostly they don't really have so many like squirrels and things. It's more like a lot of birds and bunnies. There's a lot of bunnies. Wow. Nothing super dangerous. No, but I mean like the forests that I hike in are around our place and they're connected to parks and stuff. So like there's huge parks. I don't I think most of the wildlife has like moved out of them. Okay. Gotcha. I'm learning so much about Prague. To answer your question, I'm not a huge gym goer, as in I'm not a gym goer. And I've talked at length about M Sculpt on the show. So I do that. I find that incredible for building muscle. And then I wear weights during the day. But then when it comes to cardio, I pretty much just, you know, live my life <laughs> and um, like park far away and wear weights to the grocery store and all that stuff. But I have historically been intrigued and done high intensity interval training. And now there's this new version of it called Rehit. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, we were talking about it, I think, on a recent episode because of Dave. Yes. Okay. So I did talk about it. Yes. I got the Carol bike. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm obsessed. This is the bike that integrates AI and biofeedback, right? Yes. I am so obsessed. So you love it. Well, yes. <laughs> Can I tell you about it? Yes. I'd love to know. Okay. Friends, I literally, exercise bikes are not my thing. So I was very suspicious. I'm obsessed. I'm going to stop saying that. So it's a exercise bike, like Vanessa said, that integrates AI. You wear a heart rate monitor that syncs with the bike. It has this screen. And so you have to train it at the beginning. But basically what it does is it uses AI. It coaches you through these re-hit, which apparently is the more efficient, faster form of hit, high-intensity interval training. And the purpose with that is to get the maximum, maximum bang for your buck health-wise in the least amount of time possible. And so the bike actually, so it coaches you through these sessions where you go slow and then you go really, really fast and you go slow and then really, really fast. And it coaches you through it. And what I love about it, it adjusts the resistance of the pedals so that you're always exerting as much energy as you need to be exerting. So basically, like if you're slowing down and it knows you need to be going harder, it'll make it harder to pedal so that you are still, I don't know, I'm acting like I know what it's doing. It it adjusts to do what it needs to do. But, or and, the workout is only, like the first one that I've been doing for, and I think there are different lengths, but it's only eight minutes or nine minutes total. And you only have to do it. I did a whole call with them and I'm going to bring them on the show. You only have to do it three days a week to get all of the benefits they've seen in their trials, which is improved blood work, cholesterol. Like they have so much data. And I haven't even told you the coolest part yet. 
So <laughs> they have a lot of different options, but you start with this one called Tiger. And so rather than playing like music and stuff, it acts like you're a hunter-gatherer. And so you're like on the bike and it talks to you and it's like, you're a hunter-gatherer. You're walking through the woods. You like get in the story of it. And it's like, you're walk, And then it like helps you breathe. It's like, let's just breathe slowly, like in and out. And, and so you're like doing it. You're just like pedaling. And then it's like, oh, what is that? Is that a tiger? And then <laughs> And it's like, oh no, it's coming. What are we, you know, what are we going to do? And so then you're like, oh gosh, there's a tiger. And then like, <laughs> like, and it'll be like, it's coming, run. And then it like flashes red in you. And then it's like, and then it like screams at you like, run faster. Like there's like no time to think. And so you're like, I just got to run. And you like get so invested in the story of it. And then you're like, and then it's like, okay, you're fine. And then you walk again and you breathe. And then you do that again. I love it. It's amazing. It goes by so fast and it doesn't feel like you're working out because the way it talks to you and the way it coaches you, it's so cool. That's incredible. And I I was skeptical too when you were telling me about it. So I was really interested to know what you thought. But the fact that it's so efficient time-wise is like definitely sounds like it's got some really interesting, you know, aspects to it if you can save time and and get like so much benefit out of it. So like you're going to be super jacked and <laughs> extra toned. <laughs> what I love at the end of the tiger track. So I've only done the tiger track because there are music tracks, but at the end it's little quote is it's like, it says something like, good job. You've done your workout for the day. Go to the gym if you want to, not because you have to like, <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm tracking my blood work. So I did blood work right before starting, they said that it takes, I think, 30 days to see the benefits. Just, It's so cool. And I can't wait to interview the founder, but apparently there's just massive benefits to all-out exertion, you know, max capacity, a few quick brief times, and then the way your body compensates, recovers. And so... We shall see. I'm I'm a fan thus far. So you can actually get a hundred dollars off, one hundred dollars off, with the code Melanie Avalon. So for that, just go to carolbike.com. And what's interesting is I I asked two different people about it in our sphere, and they both told me how obsessed they are. Well, one of them was Brad Kearns. Do you know Brad? Is he a scientist researcher? He writes all of the books with Mark Sisson. Oh, that's where I heard his name. Okay. Oh, I love him. He's fantastic. And he is a ultra endurance marathon runner or triathlete champion. And he's all into the athletics and everything. And I told him about it and he's like, yeah, it's like the most efficient way to get your exercise super quick. So. Wow. I want one now. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm obsessed. So I will keep listeners updated. And then I really want to see the effect that it has. I was telling Vanessa my HbA1c has always been low slash normal, always for years. It's always been the same number. And it went up a lot. I mean, not into the pre-diabetic range, but it went up a lot this last test that I had, which freaked me out a little bit. And I actually, did you know that there are at home HbA1c, they're like glucometers, but they're for HbA1c? I didn't know that. I didn't know that was even possible. I didn't either. So I remember I had a wonky test once on mine and I thought it was off from my blood work and it was. And James Clement, who I also love, he wrote a book called The Switch and he sent me in the mail a HbA1c 
blood finger prick. So you can do it yourself in your home, which is amazing. I verified it recently for my blood test and it was that number, which is high, which I'm very upset about. So I'm excited to see A, if this Carol affects it and B, I think I know what I did that caused this. And I'm trying to decide if I should tell the audience now or wait and see. No, I want to know. <laughs> I've been like waiting to know what this thing is. Okay. If you can guess it, I'll tell. <laughs> you get three guesses. <laughs> okay, wait. Is it a food? Oh my gosh, we're playing the guessing game. This is my favorite game of the whole world. <laughs> I love this game. It involves food, yes. Involves food? Is it a sweetener? No. Involves food. Involves food. <laughs> I don't know if it's a food or not. It, it is a food. It is a food. Mm-hmm. It involves food. <laughs> is it something, it's obviously something you don't normally eat. No, I do normally eat it. You do? Mm-hmm. And this might not be what it is, but it's something I've been doing and intuitively I'm like, I feel like this might be having a bad effect. I really don't know. I really wish I'd been wearing a CJM during all of this. Yes, that would have been super helpful. Yeah. It's something that I thought of you. It's something you mention. Oh, protein powder. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. That's in your favor because. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, because I remember when we were talking about tone protein recently, you said that you don't, you're not using them right now, but like you have in the past. So that's why I thought maybe. It's something that you have talked about on this podcast in your past. And I literally think about you when I engage with this behavior food. Tequila? (laughs) (laughs) No. Engage with this. Wait, behavior. It's not. Well, yeah, because that's why I'm saying it involves food. Man, I'm stumped. I just want to (laughs) know. I'm trying to decide if I should tell you. (laughs) I've been doing something to my existing food. Jeez. It's the exact same food. Cooking your fruit? Sort of, yes. So, okay, did I start doing this? Not because I didn't start doing this because of you, but (laughs) remember, I remember you talked about how you used to, did you cook your fruit for dessert? Yes, I would make like a big batch of like sliced up apple and banana and I would either fry it or bake it and it goes back to my childhood because in China growing up like there was these desserts that were like cooked apple and cooked banana that we would have all the time in China it's actually called basa pinguo <laughs> which is like this like hot apple and they also sell it on the streets. So it was a comfort food for me. And I thought, well, like fruit is so amazing, so healthy for you. So I was having like a lot of it at night after having all my other food. And I, it just wasn't, I was having a lot of it. It just wasn't optimal for me. But maybe if I was doing like low fat and just like protein and fruit, it would have been better. Because I historically, I've been eating pounds and pounds of fruit, blueberries, every night for years, like years. And I've always had the same HbA1c. And I, it was a while ago now, I, why did I do this? Why did I get the urge to heat up my blueberries? But I did. (laughs) 
in the microwave, which, uh, you know, that's like debated. But in any case, I, I did. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, this tastes like, like a whole nother level. It's like blueberry pie or something. Yeah. No, that's what it tasted like. It tastes like pie. I was like, this tastes like pie. And what's interesting is shortly thereafter that night, I felt, well, A, it tasted way sweeter. And B, I sort of felt like I was getting a adrenaline response to it. And it, it kind of like when I would have honey in the past. I didn't completely start heating my fruit, but every night I started adding in as like my final treat, like heated up fruit. And I wonder, and I realize I could be wrong with this, but I mean, it definitely, I think, breaks down the, it increases, I think, the accessibility to the sugar in that fruit for sure. Like for sure. Yeah. That actually explains why it's it tastes sweeter. Yeah. That's really the only thing I've changed. And so I'm stopping that and I'm going to retest and I'm going to see if the HbA1c is back down. Yeah. And then you have to do it again with the CGM. Yeah. Well, so that, okay. We're on the same page, Vanessa. We're on the same page because I was like, I was like, wait, because I want to stop doing it now, but I also want to get a CGM and keep doing it and see what's happening. Because it could be completely nothing. It could be something else. So much to do. But all of that to say. That's most likely it though. I really think it is. I really don't know. I don't know what else it would be, honestly. So we shall see. Stay tuned. I will be using a Nutrisense CGM, nutrisense.io slash ifpodcast with the code ifpodcast. We'll get you $30 off. Hi, friends. We are so honored to be sponsored in part today by Nutrisense. You guys hear us talk about continuous glucose monitors, aka CGMs, all the time on this show. And in particular, we love Nutrisense, and here is why. Nutrisense not only provides a 24-7 moving picture of your glucose values, they also offer a unique opportunity for self-discovery. So imagine this. You have a meal, and then you notice a spike in your glucose levels. So you think, hmm, that didn't go well. But here's the magic. Tomorrow, you can make a simple change. You can swap whatever you were eating for something else. Now you have real-time data to evaluate the impact. Maybe instead of that fruit, you have some vegetables. Maybe instead of that oatmeal, you have some yogurt. Maybe instead of that steak, you have some fruit. The continuous feedback loop that you can get with a Nutrisense CGM empowers you to make quick, informed iterations with your meals. Maybe the change results in a completely normal glucose level, or maybe it's still a little bit high, but significantly better. Armed with this knowledge, you can refine your choices further, rapidly steering your glucose values back to the normal range. Without a continuous glucose monitor, honestly, you're just guessing and assuming that what you're doing is working. And when you go test your blood sugar levels at the doctor, that's just a snapshot of that one moment in time. It's not telling you what actually was happening throughout the day all the time. What makes Nutrisense truly transformative is its ability to create lasting habits and intrinsic motivation. So instead of relying on generic advice from professionals or online sources or us, you have personalized real-time data from your own body. When you see the direct impact of your choices, it will resonate on a whole new level. This newfound awareness becomes the driving force, making it easier than ever to stay motivated and committed to your health journey. I promise you friends, it's like opening your eyes to the secret to lasting change because it gives you this empowering knowledge that you just didn't have before. So if you're looking to take charge of your health, gain real insights into your body and make sustainable, positive changes, Nutrisense is your ultimate partner. Join them and us 
us on this journey of discovery and unlock your full health potential. Get started today at nutrisense.com slash IF podcast and receive a $30 discount off of your first month, which includes two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support. That's nutrisense.com slash IF podcast for a $30 discount off your first month with two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support which by the way, I get a lot of feedback on just how helpful that nutritionist support is. It's so easy. You can talk to them in real time in the app and they can really help you make sense of all the data that you receive from your continuous glucose monitor. Nutrisense.com slash IF podcast. And I am just so grateful to Nutrisense for helping support today's show. Yeah, that's my whole tangent. So Carol bikes and CGMs and heated fruit. (laughs) What's new in your world? Yeah, I'm really excited because we're going to Denver soon to Colorado and I've been working really hard on transferring and setting up a new fulfillment center, a new warehouse for my tone device, the red light panels, and I've just been growing so I've needed to add new warehouses. I just set one up in Australia, working on Europe next and I just set up this new center in Colorado, but a lot of that involves like switching everything over from the one that is or was in California and then shipping everything over there. And logistically, it's just a lot. So it's been quite stressful for me for the last few months to be working on this like transition. And then, you know, when you set up the new ones, there's a lot of like integrations. And I love doing this stuff because like I'm a computer nerd. Like I love all of this side of things, but it's just a huge relief that we're actually set up and up and running at the Colorado warehouse. And that's just been the most exciting thing for me. And the, of the red light panels that I have, the Tone Lux Gem, which is the small portable version is now shipping out from the Colorado warehouse. So it was a pre-order all of this time from December until like last week. And we started shipping out the first orders, the the pre-orders all went out. So that's been like very gratifying and also just feels like so much of my bandwidth for like focusing on things has been freed up (laughs) that I can start focusing on other products. Like there's other red light, like sort of variations of, of products that I've been wanting to work on. I've been also working on developing some blue blocking glasses, like blue light blocking glasses. I've been working on a bunch of other things and I love product development, but finally like having everything moved over just feels amazing. (laughs) It just feels like a huge relief. That's been like a really big development for me. And yeah, just, there's just so much that goes into like running your, like having your different fulfillment centers. And the great thing about having these new locations is that like for people in Europe, Europe is coming next. I've been working on that for the past few months as well. But in Australia, like I've been shipping out my tone devices from California to Australia, but now we can ship out directly from Australia to Australia, New Zealand. And it's just like, is so much more cost effective and like fast for residents of Australia, New Zealand than shipping like from California. It just takes so much more time. It's so much more expensive. And especially with the red light panels, because they're heavier, like the tone device is really small and light. So this is the stuff that like takes up a lot of my bandwidth and my time and my focus, but I love all of this stuff. And I've told you a few times that I've been working on the second generation of the tone device 
that has, you know, a few different features. And there's just a lot of like testing back and forth that goes on and just like trying to perfect the sensor as much as possible is kind of my mission right now to make it as sensitive as possible to smaller ketones, you know, for people who are not necessarily going into like deep, deep, deep ketosis, but just maybe doing intermittent fasting during the day or maybe doing a couple longer fasts here and there during the week. So I'm really excited for when it comes out because it also has a little bit of a fresh like look to it, which I'm really excited about. So this is, yeah, this is the stuff that <laughs> gets me going and that I love working on. That's so amazing. I, I feel like when I have you, I don't know what all we'll talk about, but when I have you on my show, I want to, I have so many questions for you about all of this. I'm so impressed with your development. I can't imagine moving alone is stressful, like moving your own stuff from point A to point B. You're like moving stuff that then has to like go out to people. That's like a whole nother level of craziness. It's been way more stressful than I think I realized it would be and just like feel so good now that it's done and just like seeing the ship, the orders going out to people and, you know, people who've been so amazing and supportive in pre-ordering my products and then like waiting you know, for them to come out, like, I just appreciate it so much. So it makes me so excited and happy when they finally like can get them in their hands and they're like sending me pictures and telling me how much they love them. And like, that's the gratifying part of it, of it all. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. So you literally just wrapped that up like that move? Yes. Last week they just started shipping out and then like, yeah, we're still transferring some inventory over, but I'm going to be able to like shut off everything that was you know, going out of the California one. So yeah, it feels so good. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And wait, so to clarify, that's not why you're going to Denver though. Oh yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I went on that tangent. We're getting excited to go to Denver. Part of my excitement is that I get to go in person to the new fulfillment facility, which is why I even brought that up. So I'm really excited to go like see visit with all my inventory there and meet the team and everything in person. So that's, that's going to be really fun, but we're mostly going to visit family. It's been a while since we've been back. The last time we were in Denver, I was 13 weeks pregnant with Luca. It was Christmas time. So, you know, that was like Christmas 2020 and then early part of 2021. So if it's been a long time, and we've gotten to see all of our family. They've been coming over here to visit us, but this is our first time back. So super excited to be back in the U.S. for for a few weeks and just like be with everyone and visit with all our family there and, and have some like celebrations. We're going to be there for the fourth and we have a bunch of birthdays. So it's going to be really fun. So exciting. We're going to be so close. I know. We're going to be podcasting and like texting each other on the same day, like the same time zones and stuff. Melanie and I text every single day. So we're always like going to sleep when the other one's waking up. So it'll be, it'll be fun to be like closer, same, similar time zones. So exciting. And I know you have exciting travel coming up too. Well, when this airs, so this airs on the 26th of June. Oh, so when this airs, you'll be in Denver and I will have just come back from the biohacking conference. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Whew. Okay. We'll have to, listeners will have to stay tuned to, to know how that went down. I just can't wait to hear how you, you know, enjoy it all. I'll be like waiting for your text to hear how you're enjoying it. Cause I know like it's your first time really going to a big event like this or like a conference in our space. 
I just think you're going to have the best time. I know it's going to be such an experience. And then we're recording this way in advance. So yesterday was Memorial Day. So I definitely got on all the websites and ordered all the dresses to try to find what to wear for the conference. I'm going to return most of them, which I know is not sustainable. Yikes. But (laughs) I'm so bad with online sales. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there was a lot of sales. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I was ordering all the... I have to... Because I'll need four black dresses for the conference. One during the day, then one for the dance, and then one for the next day, and one for the dance. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I saw there were some fun-looking events at night and everything. So yeah. And you're being a night owl. It's going to be perfect for you. There's a 70s slash 80s dance party, which is not my decade. Like the 70s and 80s are not attractive uh, clothing. I can't really get into like 70s music as much. I love the style from the 60s. Like yeah, 60s is cute. 70s. I don't. Yeah, not as much. But I found a dress that I think is I don't know. I told my audience, I was like, is this, can this pass as 70s or 80s? 70s. Which one's disco? 70s. 80s. I literally couldn't even tell you what 70s is like. 70s. In any case, it was 50-50, so I'm going with it. It's a really cool dress. And 80s is like so chaotic and like crazy. I know. I love the music from the 90s. Like that's my husband and I will like, it's so good. Who was your favorite pop 90s? Oh, Britney, for sure. (laughs) We had the best. We had the best 90s music. My college, I was in college during, this will kind of give away my age, but I was in college during Kesha in her prime, which is the perfect artist to accompany college. I'm just so grateful. Like, I'm literally grateful for that. Like gratitude moment that Kesha was in her prime while I was in college. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I love it. So yeah. Was anybody in their prime when you were in college? Like artist? I had a poster of Britney in my like dorm room and also this rapper, but I cannot remember her name right now for some reason. Was it Aaliyah? Aaliyah maybe? Yeah, I can't remember. But there was a lot of like, yeah, really good music around that time. I don't listen to music as much as I used to back then. Something that I I try to make a concerted effort to do because I spend so much time listening to podcasts. And then you realize sometimes like, well, I haven't listened to music in a while. So I try to make it try to be more intentional about that. I have one last question. I know we're on all the tangent rabbit holes with the podcast. Do you have certain podcasts that you have to listen to at certain times of the day? At certain times of the day? Let me I'll clarify. So I, have, <laughs> so I have certain ones that I listen to them during their day podcast. So they like make me feel awake. And there's some that I listen to. As they're my wind down podcast. And so I listen to them at night while I'm like having my dinner. And it kind of like gets me in my like wind down time. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. And I, for me, I'm like, my brain like shuts off. Like at night, I just have to like my days are so intensely like cerebral, like reading studies and reading like really amazing books of like so many of the people that we get to interact with and interview. And then it's like at night I just crash and I have to like turn my brain off completely and I can't listen to anything educational. Like it can only be entertainment, like fluff. And I'll put stuff on in the background 
while I'm like work, because I, I still do work at night, but I just want to listen to something like that I don't have to focus on or think. And then in the morning, I like more like affirmations. Like there's a one podcast I love that has really good affirmations. And that is like the best early in the day. If you want to set the tone for the day, just like positive affirmations, positivity. Yeah, I guess that does that kind of work completely. What is that podcast? I think it's by this guy named Bob Barker. And I listen to it pretty much every day. It's called the Affirmation Meditation Podcast by Bob Baker. They're really short. They're like 10 minutes. But it's just so much positivity, appreciation, thankfulness. Like the one from today was just, I'm grateful for my life. 21 affirmations of gratitude. And then he has other ones even that are like like about self-confidence or just like they're all just so positive and he has like a really good vibe. So yeah, I love starting the day with that one. Or what about you? Nice. Does he have like a, I'm grateful for Kesha during my college years affirmation? You can add that one. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. Actually, I realized I, I actually listen to audiobooks during the day. And then at night is when I listen to my podcasts, which are really just Rob Wolf's Healthy Rebellion Radio, Peter Atiyah's The Drive, Noelle Tarr's Well-Fed Women, and Rich Roll. Oh, and Rogan, and Huberman. Okay, a few different things. Yeah, I have a lot of the same ones. I think we have a question that's actually about this. I know. So this is perfect timing. I was just going to say with audiobooks, when since I'm prepping for the show, I have to be like taking notes and it's too, it's more cerebral and it requires a lot of brain power. But with podcasts, I don't normally take notes unless it's prepping for like this next one would be an exception. So I, I just feel like more I'm like hanging out with my friends or people I want to be friends with like Peter Tia someday. <laughs> I don't know about Peter these days. Some of his opinions are getting to me. Like, I'm just, I mean, yeah, he's got some controversial opinions. And by controversial, I mean opinions I don't agree with <laughs> lately. Oh, man. Well, speaking of, that goes nicely into our first question. Would you like to read it from Nikki? Yeah. So Nikki Bowen, subject, cold therapy. Hi, Melanie and Vanessa. I'm super excited for you both to answer this question because I know it's something you're both interested in. On a recent Peter Atia episode of his podcast, he said that he doesn't think cold exposure really moves the needle as far as potential fat loss from increasing brown adipose tissue, crying face emoji. <laughs> what are your thoughts? It's the streaming tear crying face emoji. Yes, I love it. I have access to cryotherapy through my local Restore Hyper Wellness, so it's easy to do. I know it has so many other benefits, such as workout recovery, sleep, and mood enhancement. But if I'm being honest, the fat loss is what truly motivates me to actually do the cold exposure thing. If you do think it's beneficial for fat loss, can you lay out a good protocol that takes into account strength training sessions, fasting, and red light? i.e. how many times a week before or after a workout, before or after breaking a fast, and before or after red light. Thank you for all you do, Nikki. Awesome, Nikki. Thank you so much for your question. Okay, I know she's asking just about the brown adipose tissue. I, however, have a lot of notes about all of this, so I was going to give a deeper dive, if that's okay, into the cold therapy. Of course, yeah. Love it. Because I'll talk about cold plunging. Okay, perfect. 
So I did listen to that Peter Atia episode. He had a whole episode on his more updated thoughts on cold therapy and cold exposure. And then appropriately enough, I will relate his thoughts, which Nikki sort of touched on. Appropriately enough, that same week, Andrew Huberman had a episode on cold exposure, an interview with... That one I actually listened to. Oh, perfect. Dr. Soberg, Dr. Susanna Soberg. And it was a kind of a nice anecdote to Peter's episode because it was all about this and very pro the benefits for metabolic health and especially brown adipose tissue. I'll go through first the, the notes I have from Peter's episode. So basically, so his podcast is called The Drive We'll put a link to it in the show notes, but he went through everything. And and so he talks about how there are basically in the clinical literature, two different types of cold exposure therapy that are studied mostly. They don't really study cold showers as much. So it's usually cold water immersion. So like ice baths and things like that. And for those, it's normally around 40 degrees Fahrenheit up until 60 degrees. Oh, and so when you're colder than that, like 30s, or on the lower side, like the 40s, people will do it for about two to three minutes. And then sometimes there are protocols where it's warmer, like 50s to 60s degrees Fahrenheit, and that'll be longer protocols, like around 30 minutes. And then on the other hand, we have whole body cryotherapy. So that's what I do every single day. And that's where you go from around 160 to around 260 degrees minus, so negative Fahrenheit. And so some takeaways. So... For example, so there was a 2022 meta-analysis of 52 studies of adults who were exercising, and that was cold water immersion, and they found that cold water immersion did have a significant beneficial effect on muscle power 24 hours after exercise, and that it had actually a large effect in reducing delayed onset muscle soreness 24 hours after high intensity and a moderate effect on reducing that after eccentric exercise, but not until at least 48 hours. He talks about how this is one of the main benefits that people see with cold water therapy is this reduction in delayed onset muscle soreness. And then there were a few studies that compared cryotherapy to cold water immersion also for delayed onset muscle soreness and exercise recovery, and they were mixed. So some would find different, some would find benefits, some would find no differences, some would find benefits of some, but not the other. So it's kind of confusing, (laughs) but he thinks that the majority of the research is supporting cold water immersion being superior for that. And then, okay, this was interesting, Vanessa. I had a moment with this. I had a big moment with this. So He has a section on mood and depression and the effects of cold on that. And the question they asked him in the episode was, is there any new research on how cold water or cold therapy can affect mood? And I was surprised listening to it because he only talked about one study, which he said was a 2020 study in 10 subjects looking at how they responded to cold water immersion. And it found that they actually had an increase of over 500% in norepinephrine and over 250% in dopamine, but actually no effect on epinephrine, but that basically the effects were a beneficial increase in mood. And what was weird to me is I was like, there's been, I thought there had been a lot of studies on cold and mood. 
And so I went and did my own research and I found, I did find, I found a lot of studies, but not only did I find a lot of studies, the study he referenced wasn't 2020. It was a 2000 study, which isn't a big deal. People make mistakes, but even it made me realize like just how much I need to be conscious of going and fact checking and even people I, you know, completely adore, like Peter Atiyah, I think it's always the responsibility is on us to double check source materials for things. I literally checked it like five times because I thought I was wrong. But in his show notes, yeah, it says 2020 new study, but it's actually a 2000 study, which is an old study. That's like 23 years ago. The studies I found on mood, for example, I found, this one is older as well, but a 2013 study, mental state and quality of life after 10 sessions of whole body cryotherapy, that found a beneficial effect. It was 55 subjects and it found a beneficial effect in their, they took a questionnaire for their mood and their quality of life. And it found that whole body cryotherapy, this is cryotherapy, had a significant influence on improving their well-being and their mood, leading to an improvement in their in quality of life, and that the worse they felt before doing the cryotherapy, the better they felt afterwards. Then I found a 2021 study, the improvement of cognitive deficits after whole-body cryotherapy. That actually found an increase in cognitive performance with cryotherapy, which was interesting. And then a 2019 study, whole body cryotherapy as a promising add-on treatment for depressive disorder. That was in 30 adults, 21 who actually completed the study. And they did 10 two-minute cryotherapy sessions within two weeks. And they saw significant improvement in their depressive symptom scores. So that's really cool. And that's just a few. There was quite a few others, but I didn't want to put like a million. So I just thought it was interesting that when asked that question, which was what is the, the newest research on mood, that not only did he say throughout the episode that there isn't that much cryotherapy studies, I actually found a lot of cryotherapy studies on mood specifically. And that's the benefit I personally experience the most from cryotherapy. Like I go into that chamber, it's negative 270 degrees, I think the one I do for three minutes, and I just feel so good after. Like the effect is just amazing for me. And so in that episode, Peter was hypothesizing why that might be. And it seems to be possibly two things. So the increase in those neurotransmitters, as well as potentially a reduction in inflammation. Although interestingly, a lot of studies don't find any measurable effects on inflammatory markers. So that's interesting, especially because just subjectively when I do it, it just feels so anti-inflammatory. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but he did talk about another, okay, my bad. He did talk about another study in his podcast, which was a 2020 study, efficacy of whole body cryotherapy as an add-on for treatment of depression. And that also found a statistically significant difference in clinical depression for the patients who are doing whole body cryotherapy. And what Peter talked about, what's super cool about this study is they sort of had a control placebo group because it's hard to have a actual, you can't really have like an actual placebo because you can't 
you can't put people in shocking cold and tell them it's not cold. Like that's just not possible. But what they did do was they had people in like an actual cryotherapy. So negative 166 to negative 256 degrees Fahrenheit, five days each week for two weeks. And then they had another group that also went into a chamber, which is super cool, but it was not cryogenic. It was just negative 58 degrees Fahrenheit. And so they did find more of a benefit for the cryotherapy. And so like Peter said, that's actually very telling because, you know, it it was more placebo controlled. And so again, I want to emphasize that he did list two studies related to mood. And then people did ask him about showers. Like, do you need your head to be under the water? And he was saying that the upper torso is actually probably the most or is the most thermally sensitive region. And so you don't actually have to have your head under the water when you're doing cold showers. Okay. To Nikki's question, the brown adipose tissue. So he says that there really isn't a lot of evidence. So yes, cold exposure increases brown adipose tissue. And brown adipose tissue is a type, so we have three, well, we have different types of fat in the body. We have white fat, which is the type of fat that we think of, which is its primary purpose is to store excess calories, you know, for the the lean times. And it's the type that's linked to health, negative health effects, especially when it's visceral fat around our organs. There's beige fat, which is in between white and brown and has more mitochondria. And then there's brown adipose tissue, which is very rich in mitochondria, which is the energy producing part of a cell. And so brown adipose tissue, yes, it's fat, but it's actually very thermogenic and it creates, it burns energy. So it's linked to health. We have higher levels of it when we're young. We have lower levels when we're older. If you have more brown adipose tissue, it's better for your weight, weight loss, things like Nikki is asking about. And one of the main ways to increase it is cold exposure. So I actually thought it was really interesting that in his analysis, he thinks that the the data on brown adipose tissue is pretty limited. So like basically we do see it increase from cold, but he doesn't think it will create any measurable effect long-term. I don't agree with that. And then I I didn't really agree listening. And then I listened to the episode on Huberman with Dr. Soberg. And she has a book. I I really want to get her on the show. She has done a lot of research on cold water immersion and how it affects metabolic health and brown adipose tissue. And her findings are, I mean, really interesting, especially like its effect on insulin production and yeah, so metabolic health. And so to answer the question, well, first of all, I this is completely anecdotal and of one, not scientific. My weight tends to be the same, mostly the same year round. I do tend to lose a little bit of weight in the winter and I'm eating the same. That's just me, but I think there is a benefit to the cold. And it's interesting because we'll talk about things like like unconscious things that can really have a measurable effect on weight. So things like NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that's like the unconscious. It's the movement that you're doing throughout the day that is not conscious exercise. So 
fidgeting and just like moving around more and doing your groceries. And that can add up to measurable differences in people's calorie burning potential and their weight. I think activating brown adipose tissue a lot, I just think it's something that you could do more subtly that I think would be like a small thing that could have a long-term effect if you're doing it consistently. This is just my, my personal opinion. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get 20% off one of my favorite things for truly taking charge of your health, including testing something we talk about all the time, your insulin levels. So to live your healthiest and longest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source that would be your body. By using data from your blood, DNA, and fitness trackers, Inside Tracker gives you personalized and science backed recommendations on things that you can take control of to optimize your health. What I love about Inside Tracker is that Inside Tracker tests provide optimal ranges, not conventional ranges, for over 40 biomarkers, including magnesium, vitamin D, testosterone, cortisol, ferritin, which is the storage form of iron that is rare for doctors to test, ApoB, three key female biomarkers, and something I am so excited about, Inside Tracker recently added insulin testing to their ultimate plan. Friends, I am thrilled about this. We talk about insulin all the time on this show. It is so relevant to your metabolic health and your lifespan. In particular, insulin tracking is an early warning sign for several chronic diseases and is a key indicator of energy optimization. It can really let you know if your diet, if your fasting is working for you, you want to test your insulin. It is so hard to get doctors to test insulin, and now you can do it with Inside Tracker. The thing I love most about Inside Tracker is that they have a strict science-backed approach to everything they do. If your specific biomarker level is unoptimized, Inside Tracker actually provides recommendations that are backed by dozens of peer-reviewed studies and personalized to you. This process was set in place by their founders that include experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. And for a limited time, our audience can get 20% off their ultimate plan, which includes testing that insulin when you sign up at insidetracker.com slash IF podcast. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, then visit insidetracker.com slash ifpodcast. And one of the things I really love about InsideTracker is it helps you track all of your results, all of your tests over time, so you can see patterns, see your history. It makes predictions of where you'll be if you continue on your current trajectory. It is a game changer for making sense of your labs. I am obsessed with Inside Tracker. Again, you can get 20% off their ultimate plan, including testing your insulin levels at insidetracker.com slash ifpodcast. And we will put all of this information in the show notes. I have a lot of other thoughts and I know she wants to know about specific protocols, but I'm going to stop talking for a second. Vanessa, do you have thoughts about the brown adipose tissue and the cold? Yes. Yes. So... I think it's actually huge and hugely effective, but the key is the word that you just said is consistency. And so a little anecdote that I can share is, so one of my listeners of the podcast, he heard me talking about 
cold exposure. I think on an episode we were talking about brown adipose and he has a tone device which can measure your rate of fat burning. And he did a cold plunge and the next day his level of ketosis or his ketones that he was reading on the tone device were double. So I was like, that's huge. I actually remember texting you at the time that this happened and being like, I need to tell you about the tone and like cold. So I did the experiment myself like a week later and I had the same thing happen. My, I did the cold plunge in the evening and the next morning I took a, a reading right before I did it. And then I took it in the morning and mine was also doubled. Now it wasn't always doubled, but that first time I did it, it did double. And I think it's really the catecholamines and norepinephrine, epinephrine that's released when you get into the cold that produces this like shock in the body. But you're also literally activating brown fat, that brown adipose that, like you said, we're born with so much of it. And then we're older, we don't have that much left, but unless you work outside or you're in the cold or you do practice cold exposure on a regular basis, we mostly have a little bit left around the clavicle region. But Dr. Soberg's research is absolutely fascinating because she actually studied like what is that sort of minimum amount that you would need in a week to get that minimum effective dose where you can really get benefits. And that's why I mentioned consistency. So she found that for cold immersion, immersion into cold water, which is what I do and what my listener did and, and what I did in that experiment is getting into a cold bath up to the neck and really being, you know, immersed in cold water that is somewhere between 10 to 16 degrees Celsius. I'm sorry, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but I have posted about it before and yeah, a quick Google search I could probably find what that temperature range is. But Dr. Soberg found that that minimum effective dose with the cold immersion was 11 minutes total per week. That's it. So that means only going in for one to two minutes. Like I've done baths where I was in there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and what's so cool about the baths is that when you get in the cold water, it's definitely really intense at first. But if you submerge to the neck, like basically to your chin, you actually activate the brown fat through this process called the turnover, I think, turnover effect, where you activate the brown fat because it is located up around the neck, the clavicle region. And usually within a minute, I'm warm. So once you're in, it's very easy to stay in. The hard part is actually getting out again, because that's when you sort of experience the cold again. But I'm a huge fan of these for so many reasons, like in terms of overall wellness, in terms of supporting mitochondrial health. But in terms of fat burning, I really think there's a lot of actual like legitimate fat burning increase that happens from doing this on a consistent basis. And what's amazing is that in some of Dr. Soberg's research, I think she actually mentioned this study in the interview that there were these patients that had a benign tumor that was causing them to have excessive epinephrine release and it caused them to grow or basically generate brown fat all over their bodies. So we can grow it 
all over the body, not just around the sort of neck area. And we can do it through regular, consistent cold exposure. And over time, you can become cold adapted. I think it's an amazing tool because you're turning fat tissue, which normally is a storage form of energy, into a metabolically active tissue that is now burning energy for you. So the more you do the cold plunging on a consistent basis, I think it can really ramp up fat burning. I know Tim Ferriss recommended it in his book as a great way to do weight loss, I think two to three times a week. So 11 minutes total in a week, if you spread that out between two to three cold plunges, like it's only a few minutes at a time. It's really not that much, but I I do personally think it can have tremendous benefits on ramping up the fat burning as long as you know you're not overcompensating in some other way. It's going to help you burn more calories, not only when you're shivering afterwards and warming back up, but it's also going to make your tissue in your body more metabolically active This because you're building more mitochondria in that brown adipose. You're making white adipose more beige. You're converting it to more brown, just like when you work out and build more muscle, you're generating more mitochondria in that tissue. Yes. I felt like that was me talking. Like I cannot agree more with everything that you said. I looked it up. So it's 50 to 60 degrees is what that correlates to. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I, they said that you know, the research unequivocally shows that cold immersion lowers blood glucose, lowers insulin, which probably helps with leptin too, lowers blood pressure, which is a huge factor for overall health and cardiometabolic health, and improves brown fat distribution and density. It's so interesting because he said, I think the quote he said and that what Nikki said is that he doesn't think it really moves the needle or nudges the needle. I feel like this is the exact sort of thing that's like nudging the needle. It's like the example of like the little thing under the radar that's making long changes if you're doing it consistently. I think it's huge. And in terms of the protocol, I just wanted to mention a couple things. So you're talking about, you know, laying out some kind of of protocol. One thing that I do know about cold exposure or cold plunging, you should never do it after a resistance training workout because it halts that muscle, sort of the inflammation that happens after doing resistance training that will cause muscle to grow. So if you are talking about like a framework in terms of like how to incorporate these different things, I would do it in the morning or any time in the day before you do a workout. And I know that information isn't great because I'm one of those people who loved going in the cold plunge after a workout because you get all like hot and sweaty and then, you know, you get in the cold plunge. But if you have access to a sauna, that's a great way to like warm up and heat up before you get in the cold plunge, which makes it less uncomfortable to do. And in terms of, of red light, I would either do the red light before a workout to precondition certain areas on the body if you wanted to do that for like stubborn fat loss. Or you could do the red light, which I've done many times after a cold plunge because you get that infrared heat, you're generating all this heat to warm back up and you have that nice like warm, cozy sort of warming light, especially if your panels have infrared, it'll help, you know, warm you back up. To comment on that with the the muscle afterwards, it was interesting because, and he t- and Peter did talk about a lot of studies showing a 
you know, a hindrance of sort in growing muscle with the cold, like Vanessa was pointing at. He did find one interesting study where they had two groups, some used cold immersion and then some didn't. And all groups did still gain muscle mass and strength, but the cold group gained less than the other group. So, and the reason I'm bringing in that subtle nuance is I think it depends on your goals. So maybe if you're doing resistance training and, you know, you just feel good having that cold exposure afterwards because of the reduction in delayed onset muscle soreness or how it makes you feel, I think it's possible you could still get some benefits from the resistance training, but it wouldn't be as much as if you had not done the cold. So I think it, I think you have to ask yourself, like, what do you really want from all this? Like, what is your goal? What is your goal with your muscles? What is your goal with muscle soreness? You know, if it's just like cardio exercise or something like that, then, you know, it's probably fine to do the cold afterwards. So really you you just have to see what, you know, what works for you and what you're hoping to achieve. And then two other little things I wanted to to point out was I'm glad you talked about the the getting out experience and getting colder. And Huberman talked about that a lot as well. And and basically he said what's going on there is like Vanessa was saying, so when you get in the cold, all these things are activated to keep you warm. And then all of the blood is going away from your extremities to your core to keep you warm. And then when you get out, all of that blood is now going back to your extremities. And so you actually get a drop in your core temperature after you get out, which is ironic. So that's why you might start shivering after you get out. And then to clarify about the shivering, so when you're doing shivering, that is not what is activating brown adipose tissue, or that is not from brown adipose tissue. It kind of activates it in that it sets the pathway for brown adipose tissue to take over. But shivering is the mechanical way that your body creates heat and warms you up. Brown adipose tissue is when that fat tissue gets activated. And then the mitochondria within the brown adipose tissue is actually generating heat. I actually heard, it wasn't on that podcast, but Huberman talked about on some other podcast how he was talking about like hacking or tweaking your cold exposure and doing it so that you always, I don't want to say it wrong. It was something about like, it's nice if you can get it to where you shiver just a little bit every single time. And then that will give you like the maximum benefits. I'm probably, I don't remember the specifics about it. I wonder if in the ATIA, that study that you mentioned, if if it was because those people who were doing the resistance training were doing the cold after working out. Because if you do it before or four hours after your workout, it shouldn't impact the muscle growth. So I have it right here. 24 people on a 12-week lower body strength training program Half of them did cold water immersion in a bath of 50 degrees for 10 minutes after each training session, and the controls didn't do anything. The cold people, they had to wait. They weren't even allowed to like rewarm themselves after the cold. They had to wait two hours. Both groups did increase muscle mass and strength, but the cold water group didn't get as much. So like the actual stats were that leg press strength increased by 200 kilograms in the control group, but in the cold water group, only 133 kilograms. See, if they did that and they did the cold plunge before the workout or four hours after, it may not have negatively affected them, right? Right. Yes. My point about it was that I think some people, like for me, like I just like 
doing it after things like that. But my goal isn't massive, like muscle gain. But if it were, I would want to do, like you said, before or way after. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So awesome. I don't know why he draws that conclusion, honestly. I'm frustrated with Peter because of like his whole podcast recently, you know, saying that intermittent fasting causes lean body mass loss and stuff. Like, I just, I don't understand where he's coming from. Like, he was someone who was championing intermittent fasting and now he seems to have jumped on the, well, he's been a big influence too in in sort of interpreting some of these studies saying intermittent fasting is just as effective as calorie restriction as being a negative when like that's the whole beauty of them is that they're just as effective as caloric restriction without having to do the caloric restriction. So I don't, yeah, I don't know why he soured on it so much. I think he still does some extended fasting I've heard him talk about, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with some of his opinions right now. And I I'm, was disappointed that he was negative on, you know, the moving the needle thing because like Huberman's interview with Dr. Soberg, like to me, just really, she brought up so much of the research, you know, showing this. So I don't, I don't know. I think maybe it doesn't move the needle if you just do it once a month or something, right? Like if it's not a consistent practice. I agree. And actually that's a good thing to clarify. So the 11 minutes per week total. So that's not like one 11 minute session. That's, I mean, I, maybe it could be, but it sounds like it's more multiple set, like two to four sessions, one to five minutes each. So that consistency, it's kind of like, it goes back brings everything full circle. It's like that Carol bike, you know, you're getting massive benefits from eight minutes, three times a week. And they have studies on it. So I'll be excited. Rob Wolf as well is not hardcore fasting fan anymore either. And he's going to come on our show. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes. He thinks it's bad for telomeres or something. I know for stem cells, he thinks. Oh, maybe it was the stem cells. He said, uh, what is it, the hay flick? Oh, well, the hay flick limit is telomeres. Yeah, I heard him talk about the hay flick limit and how he thinks it has a neg- fasting has a negative effect on the telomeres. But I think a lot of information about telomeres is like being debunked. Like there's theories that it's actually deuterium that makes the telomeres look shorter. Anyway, I'm going on <laughs> other tangents. This is why we're friends. <laughs> As I drink my deuterium depleted water. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I I can't wait to have him back on as well. It's gonna be fun. I think we're supposed to circle back with him in the like late summer or early fall. So that'll be fun. I'm planning on having him and Luis on on my podcast as a joint interview. Have you interviewed Luis? I've had him on like pretty consistently about once a year, usually or every other and I've never interviewed them both at the same time. Oh, that'll be so fun. Yeah, I I thought it would be a fun fun one to do. But yeah, Luis has an amazing story. Like he he went from being like anorexic to being this like amazing bodybuilder. He was like always like he he was an overweight child and then he just like restricted and then he he didn't eat very much for a long time. He became like skinny fat and then he really got into fitness and, you know, he's just, yeah, he's just so fit and really sets a great example, I think. And he's, he's always been 
someone that I admire for sort of calling out like the fact that you don't have to have high ketones to get like to be lean and, and get good results or burn fat. So I've always really respected him a lot for that. Yeah. I love him. And for listeners, he created the Keto Gains community, right? Yes. Yeah. It's a huge community. Yeah. And he um, also is one of the creators of Element with Rob as well. Actually, friends, if you listen to today's sponsor, Element, one of the sponsors, that's the electrolytes created by Rob and Luis. And people love those electrolytes. So listen to that. They're so good. I know Luis... They specifically formulated it based on the keto gains community, the ratios that really actually help people with their electrolyte status and their hydration needs. And, you know, they posit that a lot of reasons people get keto flu is from electrolyte imbalance. So they're great for the keto diet, for fasting. The unflavored version is clean, fast friendly. So listen to the ad, but you can actually get a free gift with purchase if you go to drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast, you'll get a sample pack with your order. So that is awesome. Okay. Well, that's all the things. So for listeners, if you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. These show notes will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 323. And then you can follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. I am Melanie Avalon. Vanessa is ketogenic girl. I think that's all the things. And I'm hoping, I think next episode might be a special episode with a guest. He hasn't confirmed unless, unless he confirmed during this call. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. So yes. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go? I love the deep dive that we got to do on cold plunging. It was so much fun. So yeah, thanks again, Nikki, for your question and can't wait for the next one. I know, me too. I love that you love all of this stuff so much. You know, just casually throwing their deuterium. (laughs) Good times. Good times. All right. Well, have a wonderful evening and I will talk to you next week. Sounds great. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week. <laughs>